When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Welcome to Scream 101 Podcast. My name is Shannon Chalakian. And I'm Brennan Klein. And welcome to our third week of Zombie History Month. This week, we are watching George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, which we should have watched before Zombie, which is its unofficial sequel, but whatever. I wanted to do it in this order, so it's happening. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Uh, But it was really fun, and I had a really good time, and I think we've got a really good show for you today. But first, as always, we go backwards to our 10-word reviews. Brennan, why don't you start? (laughs) All right. Martha Marcy May Marlene. Like a prizeless kinder egg. Disappointingly empty, but still, chocolate. Uh, The Constant Gardener. More like the constantly pretentious filmmaker. Focus your damn camera. (laughs) And 10 Cloverfield Lane. John Goodman's first non-Pixar monster role. Chilling stuff. And also, real quick, before Shannon starts her 10-word review, I wanted to say happy birthday to Matt Russell. It was his birthday on Wednesday, I believe. Yay! My time is mixed up, because we're recording this on St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day also. Yay, Brendan is dressed in all green. Not partial green, all green. I Look, I don't like St. Patrick's Day, except I like it for one reason, and that's Irish soda bread. And I only discovered that three days ago. So <laughs> I'm not a St. Patrick's Day fan, but I have to wear so much green so people don't pinch me because one of my least favorite things is strangers pinching me. It's one of the, like this holiday sucks because you have to pay attention to it or else you get physically punished. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's your 10 word review? Um, so my 10 word review is for okay hold on before i go on (laughs) oh sorry can we just talk about how am i supposed to follow your gosh darn kinder egg review that was beautiful and i feel awful um so my review is uh for zero motivation which is on netflix looking for a movie with a staple gunfight here i feel like a staple gunfight is a pretty good comeback yeah that's it All right, uh, without further ado, why don't we just hop into the discussion of Dawn of the Dead. Sounds great. And as always, we start with the plot. Brennan, take it away. (laughs) Like most zombie movies, a very simple plot, as read from the back of the Anchor Bay DVD release. As modern society is consumed by zombie carnage, four desperate survivors barricade themselves into a shopping mall to battle the flesh-eating hordes of the undead. The end. (laughs) And uh, so we rate scariness, one to five screams, campiness, one to five perms, gore, one to five severed limbs, and quality, one to five unlucky stars. Before we get into our discussion, though, let me just start, or before we get into our scores, I should say, let me just start by saying, whenever we preface watching, like, a classic horror film, like Dawn of the Dead, like, everyone's heard of Dawn of the Dead, I expected it to be so different (laughs) than what it was. So different. And uh, I'm actually I'm pleasantly surprised by the experience. So, Fantastic. Yeah, why don't you start with and, scariness? Okay. Sorry, my train of thought just hit a penny on the tracks. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, my scariness score, I gave it two out of five screams. As a, I don't know, zombie films don't usually scare 
scare me in the moment because zombies are usually very slow. Like traditional zombie films, it's like... Traditional, yes. But if we were talking about Wreck... See, okay, we'll get to that more next week and i will reveal what we're watching next week in the clue section matt already guessed it whatever um happy birthday (laughs) um but traditional slow zombies the george romero zombies like undead revenant flesh eater leonardo dicaprios they don't scare me in the moment i have tons of zombie stress dreams all the time about having to deal with zombies (laughs) but the movies don't necessarily scare me so I'm giving it two out of five, which is very, very fair, especially for a 70s movie of that vintage. It was um, the second movie of Romero's that kind of started this whole craze of what we know as the modern zombie, transitioning from the voodoo zombies that we explored in Serpent in the Rainbow. Um, there's some really chilling scenes of like death and destruction of the modern world, um, especially any like suicidal scene where people are like combating how to deal with what is happening to them. And there's one scene where this guy has to kill a zombie and he has one bullet in the chamber because he dropped everything else and he has to keep clicking through as the zombie gets closer and closer and it's like evil Russian roulette. And there's one part that made Shannon scream super loud where they're running by a whole bunch of mannequins and a zombie lurches out of the mannequin pile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But other than that, um, I really appreciate that these four people, which I'll just, let's just explain them really quick. Okay. Um, there's Galen Ross as Francine, the one woman in the crowd who is a, like a news producer, and her boyfriend, who's a like a weatherman helicopter pilot. Yeah. So he can help her escape when the zombie carnage begins. Oh, he's a weatherman helicopter. That makes so much sense now. Yes. Okay. It took me a while to figure that out too. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other two. So Fran and her boyfriend were supposed to pick up this other guy. Roger, um, who is a, he's kind of like the in-state militia. Yeah, like the, uh, the, I don't know enough about the military. Um, a trooper. Citizens Brigade. Yeah, I don't know. National Guard. National Guard. That's a thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah National Guard. Um, uh, and we're introduced to his character while he's kind of like they're going through a, they're going through a slum of a project, um, kind of trying to get rid of the zombies. Um, and he meets on this on his assignment. He meets um, Peter, played Pe- by Ken Foray. Yes, and Peter is also on assignment, also a trooper. But we notice very early on that uh, Peter has a different outlook on the zombies than some of the other troopers do, where he has an actual respect for the dead. And yeah, he respects the dead. He's crying as he kills them. And he kind of already intimately understands that this is going to be an anarchy. Right. Like the, um, wh- he actually shoots one of the people on his team because he's just going through blasting living dead. He doesn't care because he's super racist and this is a slum. So he's just killing everyone he sees. Not Peter, the guy that, that Peter shoots. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Sorry. Um, That guy, Ken Frey is like, this guy's a problem. So he shoots him because he's right. like, there are going to be no repercussions for me doing this. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, Roger notices this about Peter and automatically says, hey, um, why don't you come with us? Uh, I have essentially a getaway plan. And so uh, Flyboy, which is the pilot. Yeah. It's the nickname for Steven. the pilot. Steven. Flyboy and his girlfriend and Roger and now Peter all get in this helicopter and are on their way to Canada is the goal. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. So then they're holed up in this mall 
and they're basically in this very small um like maintenance corridor that has like survival supplies yeah this set of rooms with survival supplies that's pretty hard to access through the actual mall which is still overrun with zombies at the beginning of the film Mm -hmm. so they're stuck in there and then they do eventually clear the mall of zombies and barricade the doors and whatnot and set up like a nice living area for themselves it's essentially a season of walking dead in a two two and a half hour movie absolutely but the thing is we're kind of intricate with these scenes there's a lot of the scenes are of um this is a typical george a romero flourish where the the most dangerous monsters in the zombie apocalypse are the humans and their bad decisions and like um the ways that they combat each other right um so who's the real monster but so it kind of juxtaposes these scenes of them just living their lives and having dramas through their lives and kind of just enjoying being in the mall and having a good time occasionally but then it's intercut with this constant outside force of the zombies pressing against the glass walls trying to get into the mall and that's the scariest thing to me it's like they're living their nice little cocooned bubble lives but there's always this constant evil trying to batter its way in and destroy them right which they're aware of uh, yeah, so I also rated it two out of five screams. Uh, like Brennan had said, I did have a Yelp at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, Yelp review, one out of five <laughs> stars, too scary. <laughs> I did Yelp at one point, so that was good. Uh, but it wasn't a scary movie. It was more, it was funnier than anything. Like, there were a <laughs> lot of moments where I You're, was... Do, do you want to give your campiness score in conjunction with that? <laughs> sure, I'll just go straight into it. So my campiness, campiness score is actually a three out of five. It c- should be way higher, I know. <laughs> But it's three out of five. And it's because this movie is so gay. So gay. It's like it's like Nightmare 2 gay. It's like gay. Um, and Brendan may not agree with me. but it's You gotta let dudes be friends, Shannon. I, they call each other baby. It's really cute. Um, no, so Roger and Peter are definitely out for each other. You know what I mean. Um, but, but yeah, so no, the entire movie is pretty great. And then they like... You know, they're, they're holed up in this JCPenney's and they're running around and they literally are just like running past these zombies. All the zombies are wearing blue face, literally blue, fla- blue face, because they thought that that was going to be a realistic zombie. Um, and no one had done it before. That's true. That's fine. Um, and uh, like I was just waiting for the time when when some of the guys start putting on the fur coats that they had. And someone did. Fran did. Finally. But uh, but a lot of it was just it was just so funny. And then Flyboy cannot shoot a gun for heck, cannot shoot a gun. But Roger, who is really short, he's he's the shortest guy. He is a sharpshooter. So every time Roger goes to shoot something, you just see or not Roger, you see Flyboy try to shoot something. You just see Roger slide into screen <laughs> and like press his his arm away so that he could take over the shot. It's great. It's really funny. And um, I'm going to jump in. I also gave it three out of five perms on campiness. First of all, the freaking opening shot of this movie is a close-up of Shag. And it's not even a rug. It's the wallpaper. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it zooms out and the lady's leaning against the wall. Every, like, literally every surface of this newsroom is Shag. Which makes sense. I mean, it's for it's for sound. Um, uh, Possibly. Poss- it's, it's, it's Shag. I don't okay. know. It's, it's for style and fashion and glamour and glitter and fame. Um. That okay, was, Lady Gaga. That was a bastardization of the Gem and the Holograms theme song. 
Um, anyway, so it opens on a shag rug. There's a part where Flyboy, who is incompetent throughout the film, in, just in every area where... Except for flying. Yeah, every area except helicopter piloting, right. which is where he gets his name. So good for him. There's a part where... Okay, well, he and his girlfriend are a great pair because she's equally incompetent. Like, I was telling Shannon and our roommate Brenna, who was watching it with us... It's so much easier to stomach her character if you imagine that she just got out of wisdom tooth surgery before this <laughs> happened. Because her boyfriend is attacked by a zombie and he's like wrestling with the zombie on the ground. And she's just kind of standing there looking at him. And then another zombie is walking up to her to try to eat her. And she's just kind of standing there like looking in between the two things like like it's a tennis match. Right. And there's a hammer on the ground that her boyfriend's trying to get, and she does nothing to help. She doesn't try to kill the zombie. She doesn't try to give him the hammer. She just kind of froze in there. So they're both incompetent. But afterwards, like, he hits the zombie that's attacking him with the hammer. He runs up to the zombie attacking her and swings oh, the hammer no. at it, but ends up leaping in this, like, full-body wario smash <laughs> and just knocks the zombie over and sends himself toppling and it's hilarious it's so funny um what else do we got this wait hold on i gotta say okay. about fran though so yeah she is incompetent but she has one of the best character arcs because she goes from being completely incompetent to learning how to use a gun and That's then true. also learning how to fly the helicopter which is much better than George Romero's character of uh, Barbara in Night of the Living Dead, which came before this one, who starts off as an interesting character, but as soon as the zombies attack, she goes catatonic and does like nothing for the rest of the film uh, except like scream and cry. No. Um, but anyway, this is a zombie movie with a dress-up montage. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, which is great. It's got this wacky circus slide whistle music provided by Dario Argento favorite band Goblin, who did the la 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 for Suspiria. Um, there's a scientist on TV just shouting at everyone and calling them all dummies, trying to tell them like and to nuclear bomb all the cities. He has an eye patch. Yeah. Shannon was like, why is this guy a pirate? <laughs> Literally, sci pirate scientist is really strange. And one last thing. There is a biker raid on the mall late in the film. Uh, also, one of the bikers is played by Tom Savini, who provided the gore effects for this film, among many other films we've watched. Sex Machine! Um, and there's a part where the bikers start, they grab a whole bunch of cream pies, and they start pieing the zombies and spraying them with seltzer water. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, this this movie is so funny. Yeah, there, there are some parts that are like 70s campy and silly but there are a lot of parts that are like this has to have been intentional mm -hmm. this is literally a clown show right so it's it's a fun movie absolutely and without further ado let's move on to the gore because i think we've spun that one out enough yes we pied that one in the face oh dear i know okay so gore for myself i'm gonna rate it a three out of five obviously this is uh savini and this is romero and um uh, there's such good, there's some really good artistry to it, and we're going to talk about our favorite deaths, um, later, but, uh, as far as, like, the blood and guts, um, there were some great shots where, like, they were taking bites out of people, which I'm sure was way, way ahead of its time, especially for the way that the effects were done, where it looked kind of real, a little bit, um, it, I mean, it wasn't, I don't know, a, a lot of, th this is one of Tom Savini's 
first um, efforts as like the head makeup person. I'm mm-hmm. trying to look this up right now to see if that's true. More or less, yeah. Like, this is a very, very early entry for him. Yeah. And by his own admission, not his best work. Mm-hmm. He compared the blood to melted red crayons. Yeah, exactly. And I definitely, I think I prefer, I prefer Fulci to this, um, or like the Fulci gore to this gore in this movie, but... Because like the Fulci gore is very rubbery. Yeah. And the Savini gore in Dawn of the Dead looks a little like the zombies are biting into like... Uh, 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 like styrofoam or... It looks like they're biting into one of those couches with the foam core. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it's not fleshy enough. Yeah. And the blue zombies do kind of give it a weird otherworldly tint that kind of makes the effects less realistic. Yeah, and there's and there's a... Uh, what's it called? Hare Krishna? Hare Krishna? Yeah, there's a Hare Krishna zombie. Oh, that's great. In the mall. He looks like Pepper from American Horror Story. He does, yeah. Uh, anyway, so back to gore. Um, yeah, there. I mean, it was good. Definitely it was good. It wasn't the best I've ever seen. It wasn't extraordinary. I don't even know if I'm going to remember any of it after this. Um, yeah, I agree. I gave it three out of five also. Yeah. Um, the gore isn't the main part of this movie. It was obviously a very uh, transgressive uh, function of this movie because that kind of stuff hadn't really been seen before. Mm-hmm. But compared to a lot of stuff that we've seen since then, it's very, very ambitious but doesn't quite have all that we're looking for yeah it doesn't follow through the same way yeah although obviously it was an enormous step forward at the time right recognition where it's due yeah absolutely definitely. but thomas savini definitely would perfect his craft and even like no more than two years later he'd have friday the 13th which still looks awesome and then the next year he'd have the prowler which is so good it's almost unwatchable yeah because <laughs> like this is disgusting and i want to throw up <laughs> yeah uh so on to quality then what would you rate as quality okay when i first watched this film i was very iffy about it because it was in high school i didn't really understand the satire of it um but now that i'm rewatching it i appreciate it much more i'd give it four out of five on lucky stars um obviously there's that really interesting satirical edge that was sort of present in night of the living dead um Night of the Living Dead had a race-blind casting. So the main guy was a black man. And people took this to be this whole kind of social racial satire about how people treated black people in the 60s. And George Romero was like, not exactly what I was going for. But now that I know I can do that, I'm going to go hardcore on Dawn of the Dead. So the whole idea behind this was, like, consumerism makes people into zombies. Um, When people die and come back as zombies like the zombies keep flocking to the mall because they recognize it as an important place to them like in this kind of uh instinctual sense which is really deeply satirical and something i didn't appreciate the first time i watched it and also the stuff about all of the human bands are also drawn to the mall like the people that we watch um they kind of become complacent and they have a great time at the mall and they're just like, there's everything we need here. You're one-stop shopping. And they kind of give up on trying to further their life, and they just kind of get trapped there. And then the biker gang, when they come in to destroy everything, they're looting things that are patently useless in the apocalypse. They're taking money. They're taking jewelry because their values haven't changed, even though the world has. And it's really interesting, and I yeah, appreciate that. Definitely. 
Definitely, yeah. And I haven't seen Night of the Living Dead, um, and this is the first time I've seen Dawn of the Dead, so I can't really speak to any of that, but I also gave it four out of five. I thought it was hilarious, and it was good, and it was, um, you know, just serious enough to get you thinking, uh, and there was a pirate scientist, like, where can you go wrong? Yeah. Um, but I agree, especially with the commentary with the mall, and we are actually seeing kind of the death of malls in America because they've they've kind of ceased to like be built. Like they they've stopped building malls, but um, it definitely was a major time period for a very long time. Uh, and now, actually, I read a thing: they're turning malls, old malls, into apartment complexes, so you can actually live in where a store used to be. Which so. is kind of th- this is kind of what happened exactly. in this movie. This exactly. <clears throat> um, and I also like this movie because they did a lot of things that I believe that I would have done in the zombie apocalypse like if I had hold myself up I would have gone through the same steps that they did and this movie was very long it got to a point where it was like okay we've been doing this for a while um but yeah, I think this is one of the longest movies we've watched for the podcast yeah but you really get to know the characters really really well and I understand why this is a classic now it's not a classic for the reasons that I thought it would be but it's definitely something that I would show other people that I would talk about that I would show in a class like I really, really liked it. Yeah, it's a real in-depth look at how people would live in this fictional world. And it's incredible for that. And I have one question before we move on. Okay. If you became a zombie, where would your reanimated corpse be drawn to? Like a place that's like important to your life. Hmm. I think for me, it would go to Amoeba Records because where I get so many of my DVDs. Oh, yeah. We've watched a lot of Amoeba stuff on this podcast. That's understandable. I don't know, maybe, maybe the rec, because I spend so much time there. <laughs> That's the rec center on campus. For yeah. The rec uh, erd. For the rec erd. Um, there's, there's a, there's a climbing wall there. Oh God, I can just imagine zombies climbing up the wall now. The zombies can climb, they climb the ladder. Yeah, they climb the ladder. Oh, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie, actually, was that um, Flyboy ends up tur- be turning, be turning. <laughs> Flyboy ends up turning into a zombie, right? Yes. And we've kind of discussed in the, it's kind of discussed in the movie how they have imprints of memories of the past, which is why they're able to still hold certain things. They, they show they interest. They can use like basic tools. Yeah, they show interest in certain things. That's why they gravitate to where they do. Um and there's this really funny part that we're going to talk about later that involves that. But Flyboy helps um Peter set up a fake wall so that so that Raiders wouldn't know where they're holed up, which is genius. I didn't even, I wouldn't even have thought of that, but it was really cool. Um, but when Flyboy becomes a zombie, he obviously knows where that fake wall is. So as a zombie, he's able to lead the rest of the zombies into their living spaces by breaking through the fake wall, even though he's zombified. So um, I thought that was super smart, and I totally out of the blue, I wouldn't have thought of that. So. Oh, yeah, and that, that concept gets explored more in Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead, like the zombies kind of evolving mm-hmm. to be more human, which is really interesting. Uh, anyway, uh, Champion Dialogue, one of our favorite segments, is Yay. up next. Uh, would you like to introduce yours, Shannon? Certainly. So I had a couple contenders. All of them are from Peter. Um, so this one is when Peter is in, I guess, a gun store. This mall has literally everything. Um, but he's in a gun store, and he picks up, like, the most expensive, most amazing gun in the entire shop. And he says this. The only person who could ever mess with this gun would be the sucker with the bread to buy it. Which, I think, what you're talking about, consumerism, um, and how it, like, 
creates things for people and, and how it turned people into zombies. Um, this is a really important line as far as consumerism goes about how, uh, you know, the people who spend the most may not be the most um, educated of beings and might, might not... Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, know that why? makes sense. I gotcha. They're yeah. the zombies. They're consumer zombies. Yeah, they're consumers. They're, they're sheeple. They're just zombies. Um, wake up, dummies, according to the scientists. Exactly. Wake up. Uh, anyway, so I, re- I just really like that line. Plus, every one of the lines that um, were from Peter, he always used, used the term suckers. I need to start <laughs> calling people that. Like, hey, sucker. Yeah, why did that go away? I don't know. All right. What was yours? Okay, my favorite line comes from the very beginning, which is in the like uh, initial chaos after the zombies have started rising, and it's kind of at the tipping point where society is just collapsing. And so it's at this news station. Everyone's running around. People are leaving in flocks. The cameraman leaves, so um, Galen Ross has to hold the camera. And um, the people that were giving the information about the safe houses where people could go to evacuate um, are no longer transmitting that information, so they don't have accurate, up-to-date information on the safe houses, and this is an exchange from two news producers about that. Sure, I just pull out of my ass, right? And, I don't know, I love sassy news ladies, what can I say? Yes, you do. It, it just, that line really grabbed me, and... I don't know, like, like another one of those lines where it's like, this is actually kind of a funny movie. Yeah. <laughs> On purpose. Yeah, I'm so impressed by how funny this movie was. Like, very impressed. Okay, on to our favorite characters. Mine, predictably, is Peter. Because he's wonderful, and he's smart, and he's able... Like, he is, like, the reason that they lasted as long as they did. Because without Peter, Roger would have gotten himself killed. Absolutely, Flyboy, he's too cocky. Right. Flyboy would definitely have gotten himself killed. And Fran would have been killed because she would have just done nothing. Yeah, she would have watched Flyboy get eaten by a zombie, and then she'd watch as a zombie approached her, and she's like, so should I should I run? Should I just wait and see what happens? And then by the time she makes the decision, she'd be dead. Yeah, exactly. No, she'd just be a zombie. Yeah. And my favorite character is Roger, who's the, the counterpart love interest to your character. Yay! In your fevered imagination. Um, Roger, he, like, he is too cocky and that eventually destroys him. Like, he's too confident in his own abilities, but he's very capable as a shooter. And then he does get bitten by a zombie, but it takes three days for him to finally expire. And so he's, like, increasingly loopy and he can't use his leg because that's where he was bitten. So, um... As they're going around shooting zombies and, like, having fun in the stores, they're just wheeling him around in this little Roger wagon, and it's so adorable, and he's just a little fevered and loopy, but there's, in the big uh, montage of them running through the mall and eating all the food and stealing candy and playing with the money in the bank, there's just a shot of him in the department store, like, reaching over on a shelf and putting a little hat on his head and just smiling, (laughs) and... He's he's just like a little child, and there's of him playing a video game where he's got to shoot the things with the plastic rifle, and I don't know. He really, um, I I engaged with that character a lot, and he just became this like cute little guy they were carting around with them. Yeah, he was great, and even before they were carting him around, he was in J C Penney's, um, and he was like looking around at the at the fur coats, and I was like, yes, do it, yes, do it, do it. 
and but instead of grabbing the fur coat he just grabbed like a sports sports jacket and he put it around his waist so now he's like in his jumper with his um his guns and then he's got this just this this jacket around his waist and eventually a zombie comes to attack him and the zombie pins him on the ground um and is holding him by the jacket so he just lets the jacket go and you can see him being sad there's a very tangible sadness about him yeah it was great um no i definitely loved his character too so i'm glad that we share (laughs) the same so what was your favorite scene Okay, so my favorite scene involves both of our characters. Okay. It's that initial time when they, like, they're hanging out in the bunker uh, upstairs. Uh-huh. And Flyboy's asleep. Because the entire time, like, Flyboy's been flying for, like, days straight without sleeping. So they're like, we're just going to let him sleep because we're not going to stay here for long. Um, and Roger and Peter look at each other. And Peter's just like, you want to do it? And Roger's like, yeah, let's do it. And and Fran's like, what? What are you doing? And they're like, we're going to go get supplies. And she's like, no, don't. The way the weird way she does. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they run and they go to J- JCPenney's and they have this huge scheme about how they're going to do things. Um, and so their entire that entire time period of them like fighting their way into JCPenney's, going on a shopping spree and then fighting their way out of JCPenney's is just my favorite thing because after that everything else kind of gets easier for them because they've like done it once you know but that first time is very tense especially because um flyboy wakes up obviously and then takes the one gun they have left to go and save them i guess i don't know how he was planning on do that but uh roger and peter end up saving him in the end Uh, yeah he's the dumbest sack of meat on the planet yeah but also um that scene is like, there's a reason this movie is very long. Like, we get to watch a lot of their lives and a lot of their trial and error in figuring out how to do this. And it's repetitive, but not in a way that's boring. Yeah, I like it. But it just, you really get to kind of let the, these situations simmer. And that's why it's over two hours long. Yeah. But um, my favorite scene is just a really arbitrary scene, which could have worked, but it's so mishandled that I can't stop thinking about it. Um, it's, there's a, there's this, uh, like at the Rite Aid, there's like a thing where you can stick your arm in and it'll read your blood pressure. <laughs> um, so for some dumbass reason, one of the bikers, like there's a zombie horde chasing the bikers and they're all running away. But one of the bikers in the middle of this sits down at the blood pressure thing and wants to press it. Like maybe just to, you know, like maybe he has a dicky heart and he just wants to make sure he's not stressing out too much about the zombies. Yeah. But of course the zombies catch up to him and tear him apart and then the blood pressure thing reads zero because it's just an arm sitting there with no heartbeat and it's like that's a funny gag but it would make so much more sense if he put his arm in the blood pressure cuff before he realized there were zombies around yeah he literally like just like jumps in the chair as he's like i don't know if he's resigned to die yeah maybe that's his version of suicide he was just like it's like tying yourself to like a concrete brick and jumping in the river yeah I don't know. And I agree. It definitely, it could have been done so much better. And it was a very odd, very funny scene. Yeah, I was I was so amused by the idiocy of this biker guy. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's go to our Zombie History Month segment, Corpse Corner. And our first topic is favorite zombie. So which was your favorite zombie, Shannon? My... <laughs> My favorite zombie, there's a zombie, you know how they say that they can, like, hold tools and things? Uh-huh. So there was a zombie who's just holding a gun. Yeah! And the gun is, is pointed straight up in the air, and he's just holding it like you would hold, like, a cup, you know? He's just holding it. 
Um, and Peter runs out, and he's got, you know, that beautiful gun that he had gotten from the store, right? And this this gun zombie stops him, essentially. And Peter's conflicted because he is essentially stuck by this gun zombie. But the gun zombie just, like, looks at his beautiful gun and reaches his hand out and takes that gun. And Peter watches him, like, be like okay with just the gun and then peter runs away (laughs) yeah i i feel like there's another piece about like the whole consumerism angle it's also a really funny scene yeah they literally like um the items more than they like the like more than they have the will to survive as far as zombies are like more than the meat more than the flesh like Mm -hmm. he let peter go just so they could have the the really cool gun So, I don't know. It was so funny, too, because they built it up. Like, it was a couple scenes. You saw him, like, throughout. Yeah, he was, he was a lead zombie. Yeah, definitely. And so, that was just a really funny way to handle it at the end. That was so, good. It's a good one. Yeah. What about yours? Uh, my favorite zombie is the escalator zombie. Oh. Um, it's this kind of uh, larger man zombie who's just on the escalator that's been uh, shut down. But while Ken Foray and uh, Roger Dodger are playing around they turn on everything in the mall like they turn on all the fountains and all the dumbass calliope music and they also turn on the escalators and the zombie gets super freaked out as the escalator (laughs) starts moving and he doesn't know what to do and it's hilarious it reminds me of the fulci zombies who are like running into the doors oh yeah just like running into them it's like the same with the escalator he's like "Mm -hmm." yeah because like they're totally brainless and this weird technology that they've never dealt with is so startling (laughs) it's great all right, so uh, next topic is most delicious human. So what is yours? So despite how delicious both Peter and Roger were, my most delicious human is actually the cameraman who what? relieves Fran. So Fran takes over. So the original cameraman, like, runs away. And then Fran takes over for the camera. And then this other guy takes over for her and overhears her talking about running away with her boyfriend. And he says something along the lines of, like, get out while you can or like something like semi-heroic yeah he's like uh like well like the the emergency networks are taking over midnight so you can go i'll take over for you yeah exactly so um which was like so great you know like anarchy comes and he just decides like oh she has someone in the world i don't i'm gonna let her live it was it was really cute and that whole sequence is actually really impactful yeah that I was much more affected by that sequence than I expected to be, um, having watched the movie before. But especially as they're taking off in the helicopter, this news guy runs up, and he doesn't ask for a place on the helicopter. He's just asking if they have cigarettes, because he wants a cigarette before he dies, essentially. And they all say, no, no, we don't have any cigarettes. And then he leaves, and he asks some other people. And as the helicopter's taking off, like, two of them light up cigarettes. Because, like, this is a dog-eat-dog world, and we're not giving you our last cigarettes. And I was like, this is dark as hell yeah yeah and that's kind of how we treat like you know other people that we see as not even competition but just like homeless people on the streets and things like that like so they're like hey do you have any money and even if we have money we'll still say no you know yeah absolutely it's george romero really tapped into that yeah they they had some really deep marks which is also why i think this movie being so funny works out so well you know yeah it's a crazy movie yeah it's crazy uh what was your most delicious human? My most delicious human is Tom Savini because if Tom Savini's in a movie, he is most delicious. Indeed. And in this one, he has a little switchblade mustache comb. 
which is the most 70s thing I've ever heard of. And, you know, he likes to take care of himself, and I appreciate that. And so the last segment in Corpse Corner is probably the most important. It is best death. And I want to hear what you have to say about this. So the only death that I can think was really interesting to me was there's a zombie who's trying to kill Roger and Roger is out by the helicopter which is which is on the helicopter's on um and the zombie is you know sees these boxes and instead of going around the boxes like a normal human would the zombie can only go in a straight line so the zombie climbs up onto the boxes and when he climbs up onto the boxes Roger sees him starts to freak out just a little bit you can see it in his eyes um but automatically you just hear a noise, and then all of a sudden, um, the zombie no longer has the top of his head because he's gotten so high on the boxes that the helicopter blades have actually hella decapitated him. <laughs> so, yeah, they cut off his skull cap. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. That one's actually also my favorite, but I will add a comment to that. Okay. In that, when the zombie was walking around, I made the comment like, "This guy looks so much like Herman Munster. This is the weirdest zombie." Because he has, like, a really tall, broad forehead. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I just realized why. Because they got to fit all that gore makeup in, so they made his head super tall. Oh, genius. Yeah, good job, Tom Savini, because I didn't notice that until just now. Um, Anyway, let's move on to the games, shall we? We shall. Have a little fun before the world ends. Okay, our first game tonight is a classic game that I haven't had a chance to do in a while. It's the Divination Game. The Divination Divination Game. In this game, I'm going to give you the future careers of three actors in this film, and you have to tell me who they are. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, this first one, if you don't get it, then you need to quit the podcast. Um, So here's their future career. If you want to ask... Why is this? Why is that? It's It's up to you. That's that's Fran. Yeah, that and that reference is to our second episode, Madman, which is uh, Galen Ross. She's only had three roles in her whole career: Dawn of the Dead, Madman, and Creepshow. Two of those movies are awesome. The other one is Madman, and features a sex scene with her spinning in a hot tub for like twenty minutes. So check it out. It's the best sex scene I've ever seen. I, I do agree. So good job. You got one point. And here's our second one. Our second, um, this actor went on to star in From Beyond, which is a movie I love, a Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, The Devil's Rejects, and Keenan and Kel. <laughs> uh, he starred in From Beyond? Yeah, he did. Huh. Which you haven't seen yet, haha. <laughs> Bummer. Um, and Keenan and Kel. Okay, I'm just gonna be the awful person and say, is it Peter? Yes, it is Peter. Oh, good. That's Ken Foray. He's been in a lot of crazy horror films, and then Keenan and Kel for some reason. I never watched <laughs> the show, so when I saw that on IMDb, I was like, I have to fig- learn about this. Maybe he's the boss man. He did seem kind of familiar. Uh, I don't know. He does have a very striking face. He does, indeed. Like, you can recognize him. Um, also, one of the things I liked about this movie is that not everyone is like crazy attractive like in new movies. like These are regular people playing these roles, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is like 
Pennsylvania indie filmmaking. So it's not like they could hire like models, but whatever. Um, and the third and final challenge, you've already got two points, is this actor later appeared in The Perks of Being a Wallflower and Zach and Miri Make a Porno. Really? Yeah. Your two favorite films, Shannon. I, I dislike both of those films. <laughs> I hate one of them, but I dislike both of them. Huh. Is is it Roger? No. Do you want to know who it is? Yeah. It's Tom Savini. <laughs> Why is Tom Savini in either of those things? I could not tell you, but he plays a, a teacher in The Perks of Being a Wallflower, and I don't know who he is in the porno one because I never he? watched it. I would love him as a teacher. Yeah, obviously. I mean, he does have a makeup school. I don't know if he teaches at it, but never mind. Um, I just wanted to share that bit of information because Tom Savini's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm so glad. And now for our second game, which is our constant game throughout our Zombie History Month. It's the Zombie Apocalypse Survival Team. We pick three characters from previous movies that we've watched to help us um, deal with the specific zombies from Dawn of the Dead. So who would you choose, Shannon? I'm delighted to know. Okay. Be you ready for this. Be you ready. (laughs) I also, I think I'm running out of people. Which is ridiculous because we have tons of people, but um, you know, good candidates. Anyway, so well, we only have one more episode this month, so I hope it holds out. Yeah, true. Um, so number one is TP from Madman. Oh God! Because he and Fran would uh, find their love for each other. Oh, they would. Awkward sex scenes. Um, no, but I, I just feel like with his haircut and everything, it would be really funny, and he'd he'd do well with the guys and be just as incompetent as Flyboy. Yeah, you just replace him. Um, yeah, exactly. The second the second one is the bug-eyed troll <laughs> from Troll 2. He could blend in with the mannequins, you know, be undetected. Um, and because his blood is made of green goop, maybe he won't be enticing to uh-huh. the zombies at all. And he could be like a scarecrow slash uh, lookout. Exactly. Okay, cool. Exactly. And scare away, uh, yeah, scare away raiders. Um, Brilliant. And then the last one... Kurt Russell. I mean, obviously. obviously. I don't even need an explanation for that one. Exactly. Exactly. But Kurt Russell plus a helicopter plus um, a couple guns. I mean, you're good. You're set. So th- those are my options. That's a really good team. I'm kind of jealous. Thank you. Uh, here's my team, which I'm now self-conscious about. Um, and Bobby from Nightbreed. Okay. Mostly because she can sing us songs to entertain us, and I would love to give her a makeover. Good. Up the Up the female count. Yeah, also that. Um, and then the killer from Happy Birthday to Me, who I'm not going to reveal who it is, in case you haven't wa- listened to that episode yet. Um, but they're very resourceful. They know how to use their environments and create weapons out of literally anything, like motorcycle tires or dumbbells or anything that they can find. And I think that's a very valuable characteristic to have when you're dealing with zombies. True that. I understand. Like, sometimes you get trapped when like you get trapped by zombies unexpectedly and you don't have your gun with you and what do you do call on happy birthday to me shishka bob <laughs> and shishka and bobby Ooh, oh god okay um so my third zombie apocalypse survival team member is clayton roner from i madman in case we need to repopulate the earth together <laughs> oh i see how it is 
Um, anyway, I don't know, stem cells or something, we'll figure it out. But yeah. he's cute. Um, let's move on to our final statements. What is your recommendation for people who agreed with you about this film? Um, if you have been following along with our horror movie month, then uh, you will know that we've seen quite a few zombie movies in the last month and some time. I would definitely recommend... Uh, hmm. Okay, so this is going to be a little weird, but I'm not going to recommend a movie. I'm going to recommend The Walking Dead because it's okay. currently... I mean, it's very popular right now, but it also um, speaks to the same sort of um, anxieties that are talked about in this ver- this movie. But obviously this movie was back in the 70s, whereas The Walking Dead is happening in real time about our nation now. So you can really kind of co- see the cool juxtaposition. And again, if you watch an entire season, I would say season two, if you watch season two, um, that entire season combined is kind of like Dawn of the Dead, the movie. So that's what I recommend. All right, go, Brennan. Okay. My recommendation is a zombie film that I really wanted to fit into our slate this month, but couldn't find a reason to. Um, Because Dawn of the Dead was such an important movie, I was thinking about skipping it, but then I was like, no, Shannon needs to see it. Um, So my recommendation is Return of the Living Dead. It's kind of a quasi... It pretends to be a sequel to Night of the Living Dead, even though it's not. Um, But not in that fake Italian way. It's it's a horror comedy that uh, basically their concept is that Night of the Living Dead was based on a true story. And there's this punk kid who works at like this medical supply warehouse where the government accidentally shipped a container of one of the zombies from that. <laughs> and he accidentally lets it loose. And there's this gas that turns all the zombies in the local or all the be- dead bodies in the local cemetery into zombies. And that's where all of his punk friends are hanging out, including Linnea Quigley, who is naked for about 75% of the film. Oh God. And the, it's one of the funniest horror comedies I've ever seen, at least in its first half the first half of it is hilarious untouchable horror comedy the second half is okay like it's a solid movie throughout i prefer the first half like as this brilliant gem but i really wanted to show this to you and i probably will find a way at some point but i regret not being able to put it in this schedule no worries we'll see it definitely we will and okay about the clues uh, the clue from last week, it was very simple. I said, don't fly into a rage, because next week we are talking about 28 Days Later, which is the rage virus zombies. So these are no longer regular zombies. These are fast zombies. They're angry. They're going to tear you apart. Um, it was directed by Danny Boyle, who says, this isn't a zombie movie, but I'm going to take that statement and poop on it. <laughs> because um, 28 Days Later issued us into a new world of zombieism. Like it's viral zombieism. It's fast. It's intense. It's for a new millennium. And that ushered in movies like my favorite movie, wreck the, the remake of Dawn of the dead has fast zombies. Like they are kind of a cultural touchstone at this point. World war Z, whether or not 28 days later had zombies, it is integral to the next stage of zombiedom. And then for our episode two weeks from now, which is um, no longer Zombie History Month, here is the clue. With our next film, we'll be celebrating April Fool's Day with a lesser-known slasher. 
This is going to be the best time of our lives because Sailor Moon, Terror Trains, Prankster, and White Sister are giving us a foolishly good time. Yay! <laughs> Canal Baby's going to be April. Oh, my God. That's insane. All right, and if you have a guess to that clue, or if you want to talk to us about 28 Days Later, about Dawn of the Dead, about zombies, or how awesome we are, you can contact us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, via email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Please find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us, give us five stars, and tell us that you're listening, because we feel so alone. We're in this mall, all alone. <laughs> Is there anybody alive out there? This is Radio Nowhere. That was a Bruce Springsteen joke from Matt Russell. You're welcome. Happy birthday. Um, And we'll be playing you out with a delectable selection from the Dawn of the Dead soundtrack, known only as The Gonk. I've already revealed that, right? Uh, maybe? Question mark? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait. Oh, never mind. Uh, sorry. Ooh. There's lots of pennies on the tracks today. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Can I pull a U and go use the restroom? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Great time to lose my voice. Hello. It's me. I guess I haven't really talked to anyone today. <laughs> huh. Welcome to the world. Thank you. Are we recording? Hello. Yes. Oh, okay. It's me. Uh, do you want to do the intro today? Sure. Okay. I'm so privileged. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hello, and welcome to Scream 101. This is Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I let Shannon do the intro today, and she just spoke it like a robot. She's like... Hello, this is Scream 101. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm more enthusiastic. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we gotta get into it. <clears throat> okay, all right. I gotta learn from the master. Hello, the everyone. The master of screwing up in the beginning at like four times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> this week we watched... <laughs> Shannon was just staring me down. She's mad. No, it's just funny. Um, he always screws up the intro, so then when I try to do the intro, he screws it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>